When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. And a happy motherfucking Friday! Hello friends, welcome to After 9. It's Friday and Dave is not here. Can we tell people why he's not here? I think so. Is it a secret, by the way? Like, I mean, we could say that he's in LA right now. He's in Los Angeles, But can we say the reason why? I think so. Uh, Doja Cat is releasing a new album. You may have read something about this because Doja Cat is going with a full-blown strategy of, I don't give a fuck if people don't like it or not. She's putting out the music she says she wants to make. Dave was one of a very small number of radio people who was invited to come down and hear the album before anybody else. I'm curious about this one too. Okay, I like Doja Cat. I like what Doja Cat has put out so far. For the most part, there's some songs I'm like, okay, whatever. But others I really like. And I'm... Whenever an artist goes out of their way to say, like, what you're about to hear is going to be different, sometimes ends up being really disappointing and kind of sounds the same as what they've always put out. So is this going to be any different from that? So I'm actually curious to hear from Dave on that. Maybe we will uh, we will let you know what he says when we hear back from him next week. I'm just thinking, poor guy's got to go to L.A. I know, I know. It is a long way to fly, though, to listen to a record. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't yeah. blame him for, for not turning it down. It's, it's is, she going? is she going? Is she go? She must be part of it. You wouldn't fly all these people down to hear just to hear it, would you? Or would you? Uh, you might. The label's got money. I'm sure she may have been non-committal, but with an opportunity to meet all of those radio executives in one spot, she's probably there. Because you know what, guys? Here's a little. Here's a little inside baseball and radio. Sometimes that works. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how many programmers might be like, oh, I don't really like that artist. But then all of a sudden they meet them and they have a party with them. They're, like, They're the best freaking artist I've ever seen. I'm like, you're bullshitting. They just gave you free shit. <laughs> but you know what? That's what I mean, though. It works, though. It, it works does. for a lot, a lot of time. So I understand why, the, why, they, why they do it. Now, I'm not sure that's the case here. But nonetheless, I am curious because I do like Doja Cat. Well, our morning radio shows today are done, but if you're going to be listening this afternoon on 1031 Fresh Radio in London or tonight on Fresh 931 in Barrie, one of the things you're going to hear us talking about is, and I really struggled with whether or not we should talk about this on the radio because I thought this could go sideways. I'm really not sure if this is a thing, but then I had a sober second thought, not that I was drunk in the first place. <laughs> it's called Girl Dinner, and I saw this on TikTok, and, and basically... It's, it's women who are showing off their ideal go-to dinner. And it started off as a funny glimpse into the like, quirky eating habits of women. And now it's evolved into something where there's a lot of people who I feel are not eating an appropriate diet. One girl, her, her dinner was a Triscuit, one Triscuit, and a Red Bull. Triscuit? Okay, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right at all. <laughs> but how many times have I seen a... My girlfriend in the living room eating. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just having dinner. And she's eating grapes. I'm like, that's not fucking dinner. That's a grape. (laughs) What are you doing? So I I get it. We don't fully understand each other when it comes to the meal planning here. So let's take a deeper dive into it. They say users are sharing their indulgent dishes like plain pasta cooked with oil and topped with cheese. That one fell under the category of lazy girl dinner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go through this, but I have some questions. 
One young woman shared that she only ate canned corn for dinner. Canned corn? Oh, just like... She just, opened a can of corn cold? and ate it. Yeah, <laughs> probably. She even eat it? <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, this person says her girl dinner is a couple pieces of cheese and a glass of diet... Sorry, of Coke Zero. That's dinner. Hmm. When we mentioned this on the radio... Kat mentioned that she sometimes does a girl dinner. I sometimes will. What's your girl dinner? I don't. Uh, does it ever change, you, or is can, it the same thing every time? No, it changes. It changes. Now, and I will say, don't worry, because guys will get. We'll chat about guys too. In guy a dinner, we'll I can chat, tell you we'll about. We'll talk about guy dinner. So, so ever, so all the females, don't worry, don't worry. We got, we got you. So for me, it's like a mini charcuterie plate. Like just yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday, I had some goat's cheese. With some uh, keto crackers, some cucumbers, and a couple of pepperettes. That was it. That was my dinner. That was your dinner. Yeah. I was happy with it. I was thrilled. Okay, was your husband having like chicken or a steak or something and you just didn't want no. it? Or, or why did you end up just having cucumber, keto crackers, and cheese and some pepperettes for dinner? It's just what I felt like having. See, I can't do that. I felt I snacky. I get snacky all the time, but I like snacks at snack time. I don't like snacks for dinner, and it feels very much like that's what you're doing. It'd be like if you go to see Oppenheimer this weekend and eat a whole large popcorn and say, well, that was my dinner. That's dinner. No, you ate a large fucking popcorn. That's well, not listen, dinner. I mean, I think with the girl dinner thing, if you're doing it all the time, it, you shouldn't be doing it all the time. But now and again, you know, some it's nice to just be like, I'm going to eat what I want to eat because I'm an adult. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Is that what it is? I'm an adult, goddammit, and if yeah. I want to eat an apple for dinner, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Now, of course, there's health concerns with some of this, like the Red Bull and the Trisket. That's not a meal. I'm trying to figure that's out. It's not even a snack. What were they even going for there? One cracker and a Red Bull. That's not good. Let's bring in Octavia, Scott and Cat show producer. Do you have a girl dinner? I do, but it changes like often and depending on what's around. And is it just based on time? Is it laziness? Is it uh, lack of options, like no groceries in the house? What is it that leads to your girl dinner before you tell us what it is? It's a good mix of that. If you don't feel like making anything or you've waited around too long and now you're like starving and you just have to get something, that's more of how I would go about girl dinner. So what is your girl dinner? A bowl of cereal normally. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. a total girl dinner. Classic. If I'm, if I'm feeling like I need something, like I get the weirdest mix. Like it could be like raccoon girl dinner of just whatever I can scavenge that's going to be quick. Like if it's just like waffles in the toaster, but then also like something strange and random left over in the fridge, I'll do that. Just like a mix, <laughs> so whatever. You, you could eat like a waffle yeah. and some leftover salad and, and like a. A, a chicken leg that was left over. Yeah, exactly. I could do that for sure. That's a raccoon girl dinner. Is I like, you know, I like that, like that yeah. though. I like that raccoon girl dinner. I get the scrounging thing though. And you just try to, or, or you're trying to like use up what's there. Like uh, I'll take a, you know, whatever it might be, right? Like a leftover pancake. I'll reheat that. A baby bell cheese. Sure. That's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I have. But why is what I'm trying to understand. And the reason I'm asking is because it's so foreign to me. Every day I spend time thinking about what I need to thaw, what I'm going to need to marinate it in, how long it's going to need to cook, where everybody has to be at night so I can have it ready on time. And I really put all the effort into dinner. I don't care about lunch or breakfast, but dinner I always go all out. And it's shocking to me that, that while I'm 
roasting vegetables on the grill for two hours. You guys are eating a bowl of cereal and a leftover <laughs> waffle. That's where you go wrong, though. You prepared. Like, it's yeah. it's for the people that didn't prepare, didn't do anything. Yeah. And just suddenly it's like, oh, it's like five o'clock and I'm hungry. Guess we'll look around. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way. Octavia, the Barbie video that you did for TikTok and you did another one for Instagram was fabulous. If anybody hasn't seen it and wants to check it out, it's at Octavia.radio on Instagram. Really, really well done. Were those all your outfits? Uh, some were my sisters. I don't wear a ton of pink. Some were <laughs> Halloween costumes <laughs> with a mix of my own clothes. So it was a little bit of everything. Well, you did a great job. Well, Knocked it you. out of the park. Okay, Kat, let's talk about guy dinner. Guy dinner, yeah. So I'm curious about this because I think about... So you, you asked about what my husband does. And sometimes he'll do the snacky thing too. But the thing with him is, is he'll do the snacky thing. And he's like, ah, this isn't enough. I got to order a meal. So then you end up eating all the snacks. Yes. And it usually and involves. Meal, right. Or ordering a meal if you're too, well, quite frankly, I think you're right. Lazy in some cases. Like you have the ingredients available, but it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour to make that. I could just get, skip the dishes here in 25 <laughs> to 30 Maybe that's one of the things too. But but when it comes to guy dinner, what do you think that that entails? Okay, so I've done, similar to Octavia here, I've done the raccoon dinner where I just scavenged together everything. And that is just every leftover possible. So And I, and I actually did that this week. I had some leftover pasta with eggplant and sauce. I had a little bit of a steak that was left over from Tuesday, a chicken leg, and a combination of mashed potatoes and roasted potatoes from two different nights. I just put all these leftovers together on one plate. But I feel like I still had a meal. I didn't eat a bowl of cereal and reheat a goddamn piece of bacon. You put away a little piece of steak? How big was the piece of steak? Well, initially I was going to give it to the dog, but I thought, we can't uh, both eat it, so guess who wins this I one? I now. <laughs> but guys will do all kinds of shit. Guys, for some reason, think it's okay to... Go to the freezer and pull out a hungry man and throw it in the nuker for three minutes and boom, you've got yourself a gourmet meal. Not really yeah. gourmet just because it comes with a side of applesauce. <laughs> gourmet. <laughs> guys can eat leftovers. Guys will scavenge. Guys will heat up two hot dogs and say, dinner. Dinner. And I just can't imagine doing that. I, I just can't. You can open up a can of beans and just eat the beans or pour them on rice. I've seen a guy dinner like that before in the past, oh, too. Oh, yeah. But he had just gotten divorced and was basically living in squalor at the time. I didn't think much of it at the time. Well, I wonder if cost plays into girl cost dinner. Could play into, well, cost could play into it no matter what, right? I mean, you try to find a way to stretch that dollar. So if you're like, well, all I have left is like Ritz crackers and <laughs> cheese string, then that's what you're going to have. <laughs> It's just so random. By the way, girl dinner is not going away. Now Popeyes has created a tab on their U.S. version of their website called Girl Dinner. And, and all it is is their sides. Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, beans and rice, coleslaw, biscuits, Cajun fries. If you want a girl dinner, you're basically just ordering off the sides menu. But Popeyes is into it and they want more girl dinner. I mean, I... Uh, that sounds like a lot, but I understand. I like that Popeyes is on the train. I do like that Popeyes is on the train. Oh, I think it's brilliant too. Girl dinner, in case you're interested. <laughs> I don't know. Do, do we yeah. tell people, hey, you should go out and make yourself a girl dinner? Or yeah. just if you end up with one, if you end up with a good one, shoot us a text over the weekend, one eight three three nine one five show and we will likely talk about that on our radio show on Monday. Kat, let's talk about marriage for a second here. According to the U.S. Census Bureau of Statistics, 
there are a lot less people getting married in their teens than there was back in 1950. Oh, well, yeah, good. Oh, I didn't see that on the news. I'm shocked that this wasn't a headline somewhere. A lot less people getting married in their teens, which I think is generational, right? Maybe that was out of necessity or preference in the 50s. Now, not so much. But they asked young people about marriage, and, and it's good news and bad news. So for young people, we're talking millennials and Gen Z, 83% say someday they hope to be married. However, 40% of these young adults under 40 years old believe marriage is an outdated tradition. By far, women feel marriage is an outdated tradition. So we've got a, a woman in her early 20s in studio here, Octavia. Do you ever see yourself getting married? I'd like to, yeah. Is this like a 10-year goal or a 20-year goal or is it like a two or three-year goal? It's whenever I'm settled kind of thing, whenever we're settled, that's that's kind of the hope. Yeah. But that's great. I th and you know what the thing is with this um, young adults thinking marriage is outdated. I mean, you can think that absolutely. And I remember when I was young, like I mean, even in the early stages of dating my husband now, which I was a teenager, thinking that too and looking at the traditional wedding and going, Oh, it does seem outdated, whatever. But really, once you get to a certain age, you change your mind. So I wonder how many of these people aren't even in a committed relationship saying this, right? I think it's a little bit different if you're not in that committed relationship, you found your person. And then that's when the thoughts start to come to your mind, right? You're not, you don't wake up and go, yeah, automatic. like some people do. Don't get me wrong. I had some girlfriends who always knew they wanted to get married. But for the most part, why would it be first and foremost something that you'd want unless you're at the stage of having someone in your life that you'd want to do that with? 85% of people under 40 years old don't think it's necessary to get married to be fulfilled in a committed relationship. Oh yeah, that's great. I'm in a committed relationship, not married, but look at that. You got a you got a ring on your finger though. It's a commitment ring. Like it's all the same thing though, isn't it? Or is it a mental thing? Like if you got married tomorrow to your girlfriend, what would change? Mm hmm. Yeah, nothing. Not a thing. It's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. You know what I mean? So for a lot of people, that does scare them. The but, mental aspect of getting married would scare you more. But that's why we wear rings, though. We, it's nice to have a ring. It's nice to feel wanted. It's nice to know that somebody is thinking about you, and I want her to have all those things, and that's why I gave her a commitment ring. We're not married. No intention of getting married. If it happens by accident someday, I mean, I can't prevent these things from happening. Well, maybe that's a bad example, well, but you, you never know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sure, you go with that. You go with that. We know better. 83% say they hope to get married someday. However, 85% uh, say you don't need to be married to be fulfilled in your committed relationship. Mm -hmm. And a further 73% say the main reason they feel that way is because the wedding itself is too expensive. Oh, the, the expense. Oh, Octavia just nodded her head. So the expense of the wedding, does that scare you one day when it happens? Yeah, there's so much, especially with social yeah. media, that people are like, oh, look at my fancy wedding. It's all, it's like, how, how do you afford that and anything else going yeah. forward? Sometimes like, they don't, though, is the thing is they'll, sh they'll be all showy about it. But sometimes that's the cause of a lot of arguments. It took a lot of money or they borrow it from pe pe parents usually, right? And stuff like that. But it's definitely not necessary. And it sucks that people are still flaunting that as if like this is what you should strive for. Because that's not the case, I think. Is that the wedding industry that drives that though? That this is the gold standard? This is how it's that's supposed to be done? That's what they do. Of course. I mean, that's what you do. If you sold cakes for a living, you would tell people the bigger the cake, the better. Because you're making money off of that. Of course. That's what you do. So Octavia, if weddings were say like 
all in. It's be like a thousand bucks. It's very, very affordable. Do you see yourself getting married sooner? Is money the biggest obstacle to that? Or it's, is it just a general nagging thing that prevents you from doing it? It's more so a general thing. Like, and I'm not there yet anyway. There's other things I want to do before I get married. So it's not, it's not a hurry. Mm-hmm. Money, you know, money's obviously a factor, but it's not the factor. Shit, I should have asked this one first. 68% of young adults feel it's intrusive to ask about their marriage plans. <laughs> but you've been intrusive since forever. So that's fine. <laughs> I made a living on being intrusive, just used, so you know. He used to ask me before I was married the exact same question. <laughs> 38% of young adults say they have, at some point or another, felt judged because they're not married yet. Again, this is people under 40. I think it's different, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone like Octavia's age, your early 20s. I don't think you anybody's don't like, why aren't you married yet? No, no it's a little eager. <laughs> yeah. 30 to 40, though, if you're not married, I imagine there'd be people who would actually ask, oh, what's going on? Why aren't you married? You know what? I, right have, I have a couple of girlfriends that are not married, and they're perfectly happy, by the way, and uh, enjoying their time and their freedoms of being a single person and have been for years that, I, that get it. They get it all the time and say it, it is pretty annoying, you know, to get asked that question constantly, especially as a woman, because as a woman, we all know that that comes with a ticking clock of like, oh, so you're probably never going to have kids then because you're in your 30s and you haven't found anyone like people are. It's amazing how many people will make comments out of nowhere, unsolicited. <laughs> None of you their goddamn I mean? business to None begin of your with. damn business. And I feel for those people because that's, and maybe they really are looking for love and everything else, but I, I still feel for them regardless because nobody should be up in your business like that. One in four say they have felt judged for moving in with their partner without being married. Oh, I loved I loved when people judged it. When my husband and I got a house, we weren't engaged. We weren't even engaged at this point. We were dating for, uh, I don't know, four years or something like that. Got a house. And I loved it because it was usually like a crusty old person. Like, oh, you guys aren't, aren't married. I'm like, no, we're living in sin. I <laughs> fucking love it. I love it. I love it. Ask me more questions about what we do. <laughs> I loved it. I loved boasting about it to those people that it irked them a little bit. Thankfully, my like my parents, his parents, they were all cool with it. But there were the odd, there was the odd adult that's like, "Are you sure that's a good idea? Like, are you sure you should probably fuck off?" <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I can't stand those people that get all up in your business. That might be a girl thing though, and it certainly originates mm-hmm. with the older generation. Living in sin is one of the dumbest terms I've ever heard in 2023. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Yeah. However. There's a lot of people in that situation. I live with my girlfriend, but nobody ever asked me about that. Nobody would say anything remotely sarcastic if if they asked me, but it might be different with her. I should ask her. I wonder if people ask that question differently to women versus men. Or an age thing. It could be an age thing too. Like, well, you're at the age to get married. Why aren't you married and you're living with them? That doesn't make sense. Mm. Judgy, judgy. So when stuff does go wrong and we understand in every relationship, something's going to go wrong. How do we feel about going to couples counseling? I've never done it, but I'm aware of some people who have and mixed reactions. Some people hated the entire thing. Other people said it was the best thing they ever did. Would you ever go? Would you? I'm not talking to you I'm, two. I'm talking to the yeah, audience. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I've never you done never it. You never I've never done it either. But uh, if it works for people, does it work for everybody? I don't know. I would love to know the stats on that. 87% say they'd be fine with going to couples counseling. 42% say couples therapy is an important thing for a strong relationship and recommend it even if you're not having problems in your relationship. Mm. I wonder how many people would do that and say, you know what? Everything is perfect. Let's go to counseling. Yeah, It seems like a right? weird thing to say, right? 
Yeah. Let's fine tune this. Like what? With, with, and then you start to question yourself. Like you're questioning that person that brought it up. Like, well, now you probably do think there's something wrong in our relationship. If you want to take it to couples counseling. <laughs> like, Honey, I love you. Let's get some help. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Or maybe it does. I don't know. For some people, they're not good communicators though. And if you get two people that are bad communicators, then maybe it's the best for them to continue to go. 74% of young adults. This is the last one I'll do. 74% of adults say one of the reasons that they're afraid of getting married or haven't gotten married is the fear of divorce being the outcome. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course people have that in their mind. That's not necessarily a bad thing to be thinking because we we should plan for the end of the relationship just in case it happens to happen. That's why I feel that everybody, in order to even get a marriage license, should have to go to City Hall with a prenup. Don't come and ask us to get married unless you've already decided what'll happen when the marriage breaks down or if the marriage breaks down. That's just me. I think it would solve some court problems. I think it would make things very cut and dried if, unfortunately, a relationship ends. I think that that's the solution. But not getting married because you're afraid of a divorce, that seems weird to me. That's like not eating grapes because eventually it'll turn to wine. I thought... <laughs> Everybody should eat grapes because eventually it turns to wine. Um, <laughs> I think, too, that, that what might come into play there is people's own living experience. Like, if you're that, that thought never crossed my mind. Uh, we both have parents that are, have been married for many, many years and, and a loving relationship. Not everybody was in that, has been in that space, right? They've been through, maybe they've been children of divorce, right? And they've suffered some things because of it and they worry about what that would look like if they got divorced. And that's where the fear comes from, right? Experience? Could be. It's very possible, too. I mean, it really does have to do with your personal situation because some people are much more akin to it than mm -hmm. others, I think. Do you think there's anything to it? If your parents were divorced, you're more likely to get divorced. Or if your parents stayed together, you're more likely oh, to stay boy. together. Octavia, what do you think? You're nodding. I, I think so. I think it does have something to do with it. I couldn't say why or anything, but I think the way that you see your parents' relationship impacts the way you view it or the way mm -hmm. that you go about relationships. So I, I think it does make a difference, whether that's, you know, hidden somewhere deep down in, in your brain or, you know, wherever mm -hmm. that shows up. I do think it changes things. Interesting yeah. chat on yeah. relationships. Y your parents are also those people that you go to for advice usually. And if they have a bit more of a darker you know, thought process on it, they could sway you one way or another. Like, well, I told you, like sometimes marriage just doesn't work out. Just end it, you know? it's possible that that could happen too. And they're more like cautiously optimistic when you tell them you're getting married. Like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? And then that's in the back of your mind. Po one possibility anyway. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, yesterday, I think there was a lot of people who heard the, I'll say it's unfortunate news, when Corrections Canada came out and made the announcement that they've run a check on the switching of Paul Bernardo from maximum security to medium security. They did a whole probe into it and they found everything was done above board. There was nothing incorrectly done here. They made the right decision in their mind. And when they talked about this, real long news conference that they did yesterday, they also talked about 
the need to have Bernardo in medium security. Kat, when this first happened a few months ago, you were talking to uh, an unnamed source Mm -hmm. who told you a little bit about the difference between maximum and minimum. And I don't know if you can answer this question, but it's been bugging me since I watched this news conference yesterday that, because I remember what he did vividly. I, I vividly remember the time when Kristen French was missing and, and when they found her body. Mm-hmm. And, and same with Leslie Mahaffey, the Scarborough rapes, all of it. I remember it, and it still, to this day, makes me sick to my stomach. But I hate the thought that not only is he not in the maximum security possible, medium security is allowing him to socialize with other inmates. They're actually letting him do that. They've put him intentionally with some smaller groups that have now expanded to bigger groups. And they say he's under constant supervision just to make sure nobody shanks him or anything like that. But he's out there socializing now. And when I think about what happened to Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey and the many, many, many victims here, I just have a hard time reconciling that in my head. Even if the system says he qualifies for medium-level security, don't we take our worst offenders, the ones who are... uh, like it or not, a part of the Canadian fabric because the story is so well-known around the world. Can't we make an example of a couple of people and just keep them in maximum security forever? Because I really don't want this yeah. guy to have any any privileges. I don't want this guy to have any luxuries. I don't want this guy yeah. enjoying himself. For 30 years, he's been basically isolated. He had, He probably had relationships with the guards that were in charge of watching him. Maybe there was some interaction with like doctors or whomever, but he wasn't around the other inmates now he is Mm -hmm. and he's socializing and I have a hard time in my head reconciling that because all I'm thinking about is the victims which might not be a good thing for him by the way I mean you say he's socializing a lot everyone in there knows who he is do you think they do yeah I mean maybe the younger ones will be educated by the by the ones who fully remember but yeah I mean you know who Paul Bernardo is and I have no doubt in my mind that the security guards are obviously well aware as well and people talk in there. So yes, I think if anything, this is probably a dangerous thing for him. So if you're thinking and hoping that something might happen to him, it's more likely to happen in a medium setting. That said, it doesn't mean it will happen, but they're going to be careful with who they, the groups that you mentioned that they put him with. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, I don't like it, but the system that we have in Canada is about rehabilitation. It's about trying your best while they are incarcerated to make them a better person. We aren't in there to punish. That's not the purpose of our prison system in this country. Other countries do it that way where it's punishment and that's it. There are cases like this where I would love, I would love to be more of a punishment uh, prison system, you know, but Again, that's not the job of the Canadian prison system. It's to try to make you better. And medium security is going to get him more resources to attempt to make him better. It doesn't mean he's going to be out tomorrow, like read a book. He's not going to read a book in there and be like, oh, Paul, you read a book about being good. You're out. It's not going to happen. I mean, and I hear that, but I also never in my wildest years or wildest imagination envisioned a time when I would hear Paul Bernardo has been an exemplary inmate and we're moving him to medium security. You know, when you think about all the people he victimized, I, I mm-hmm. it's frustrating. It's and frustrating. I, yeah. I, I definitely know what you're saying about rehabilitation. And I think that's why this has been on my mind so much for the last few hours, because I have been thinking about it from the victim's standpoint. And I guess my biggest question in all of this is, why can't we have both? If everybody agrees, including the director of Corrections Canada, who did the news conference yesterday, she's very well spoken. It was a good news conference. It was competent and coherent. Mm-hmm. 
Even she said, he's a sociopath. He's a psycho. Mm -hmm. Probably will never get out of jail. Probably. I'd love to hear it will never, but probably, I guess we'll take for now. She talked about the need to at least offer him rehabilitation resources. What I don't understand is why we can't have both. Why can't we have a system where you're in maximum security, you're probably never going anywhere, you're going to spend every last second of your life in jail, and, and we can offer you these other things. If you want to earn a degree in engineering, sure, we'll help facilitate that because that's one of the things we do. But either way, you don't get any of the niceties that come with medium security compared to maximum security. I don't understand why there wasn't a compromise in that, sure, we'll go down the rehab road even though we think it's futile. But we're not going to let you out of maximum security. And I'm also thinking about, I, I know we have a system and I know we have laws and that's all well and good. But at what point does the will of the Canadian people come into play? I mean, the law is the law. Okay, fine. We're, you can be moved if you check enough boxes. You can go from maximum to medium. He actually applied and was granted this because they say they didn't really have a reason to keep him in maximum mm -hmm. security other than the horrific crimes that he committed. So I'm wondering... A, why can't we keep him in maximum but still offer him the rehab opportunities? And B, when are we going to sit down and, and truly decide what we want from our prison system? Because it seems like there's a lot of angry people out there right now that are questioning the integrity of the system. And I'm not really sure that the system has done anything wrong here. It's just working with what it's been given to work with. Should we have a national conversation on how we treat inmates? And if we do, can we also talk about maybe bringing back capital punishment? Like, let's just open the hood on all of this and talk about what it means to commit a crime and punishment in Canada. I think now's the perfect time to do it, Kat. I'm all for like capital punishment. I'm, and I've said that before. I, I would love that. And this would be a great case. We wouldn't even be talking about Paul Bernardo if we had capital punishment because his time would have been up a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I don't believe he's going to be out. So what's what's the purpose? But that, again, that's just not the system that we run with. It's more of a that's a human being. We have to treat them, you know, like an OK human being, I guess. Give them the basics of life. I'd like to see more done. I'm with you. But would that ha that change would it would take so much to have that change? I don't see it happening anytime in our lifetime. Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, we could make the change fairly quickly. Whether or not the judges agree and will uphold yeah. that change, that's a completely other story because there's a lot of judges who are behind the current system we're with. I just think that we need to make exceptions for people that have that, that story, like Paul Bernardo does, where we, the people, and this is our corrections system, say, mm, no. And I'm not suggesting we have a referendum on every shithead that's in jail. I'm suggesting that, maybe it is time to have that conversation. And if the people overwhelmingly agree that somebody who murdered at least three people and raped God knows how many others, and he's still classified as a dangerous offender, maybe we agree. Yeah, under those circumstances, you don't get the, the upgrade. And, and I'm not afraid that he's going to escape. I'm not losing sleep that, oh, what if he escapes from medium security? To me, that's not the point. To me, the point is that he's being given more privilege that he would get in maximum security. Being allowed to socialize after 30 years of basic isolation is probably massive for I don't, him. I don't know who many people are socializing with him, though. I go back to, I don't think that guy's going to make... He's a charming fella, and that's the reason why he ended up where he is, because he is an absolute sociopath, but he's a charming guy. It's not going to work for him at prison. I don't think so. I'll be shocked if he makes friends in there, well, truly. they said at any time he could be shipped back to maximum security... If it's warranted. Yeah. So I would think that with the intense look on this case, at some point, 
Those prison guards are going to be watching him like a cop watches a, a red light, waiting for somebody to go through it. They're just waiting for this guy to fuck up so they can say, oh, there you go, back to maximum security. Because I don't think even they like yeah. the way this has turned out. But yeah. you can't apply the law differently to one person than you do to another. That's right. And that's why this is allowed to happen. At first, I was quite angry at Corrections Canada, but they did the review. It's 85 pages long. I read half of the first page and was sick to my stomach. I don't want to read any yeah. more of it. Yeah. So I'll just trust that they've actually done their due diligence here. I just think that this is a reasonable conversation. There's so much stuff that we all disagree on as a country. This is one that we can talk out and have a civil debate about. What do we really want from our prison system? And is there any distinction if you kill three people and rape at least 15 others? Yeah, I, I, maybe there's a different class of criminal. But now's a good time to have that combo. Before I go, we go. Any interest in Barbie? The movie? I'll eventually see it, I think. I, actually, I'm not sure I'll see it in theaters, honestly. Do your girls want to see it? Like, have they seen the commercials and thought, oh, I want to go? Um, maybe my oldest, but I think there's going to be so much that goes over their head. We had some people text us about the Barbie movie this morning who did take a four-year-old and said they liked it, but they there's no way they would be able to understand it. It gets pretty deep. They talk about being a human. They, the death is brought up in it, and it's more like a play on suddenly things are happening and Barbie's questioning her world, right? And she's questioning, why are we alive? Like, so it's in a funny way. Sounds I know that deep. Sound, it does sound deep, but in a funny way, in a, in a humorous way. And she said that the kid didn't know, but they liked all the pink and the stuff that was happening on the screen. But it is PG-13. So keep that in mind. If you are taking your really young one, they're probably not really going to understand a lot of the dialogue of it because it does get deep. But apparently it's a really good movie. Everyone I've, who I've heard from said it was really just entertaining. I haven't heard anything on Oppenheimer yet. Maybe those Nor screenings from last night are yeah. still going. I heard it's a really long <laughs> it's movie. Th guys, it's three hours. Oh, I don't fuck. think I... I really wanted to see Oppenheimer, but three hours in a theater? I haven't done that since Titanic. And you've commented numerous times. It just occurred to me that you have a very small bladder. When you go... Oh, I'd have to stop. Like I have to, I'd have to leave the movie. I, I usually have to leave the movie. But why can't they just, in the theaters, put like a button there and we all have a vote about halfway through? Do we want to pause the movie for a pee break or do you want to just yeah. power through to the end? And the majority rules, but why don't we have that? Why can't, if, yeah. if you're going to make me sit through a three-hour movie, I'm going to have to pee at some point. You gave me a large popcorn and a large pop. There's going to be pee. We do it at plays. We do it with plays all the time. There's an intermission. There's an intermission. Thank you. You go and get yourself a drink, have a pee, maybe smoke yeah. whatever you want, and then yeah. you go back in. <laughs> smoke something, do whatever. Yeah, you have a full, like, make it 10 minutes, too. Make it quick. It's fine, as long as there's enough bathrooms available for everybody. Make it a quick little 10, 15-minute break, and you're back at it. Don't you feel like this is a conversation, though, that we can all have as regular human beings? I, I think that we can all talk about whether or not serial killers should be in maximum security, and I think we can all talk about whether or not long movies deserve a pee break. There's some good conversation for you to have this weekend, everybody. There you go. And we hope you have a great one. Thank you for checking out this episode of After 9. If you see any movies, we'd love to read your reviews. Text us at one 915 show uh dave's not here octavia can you just say and we'd like to apologize to mike tyson and we'd like to apologize to mike tyson for any particular reason I just because it's a good thing to do why not it's a good idea have a great weekend everybody <laughs> bye